I got the notification. There we go. go. Hello, Internet. Hello, Internet. Today with me, I have Wesley David Scott, also known as Zulu Panda, the recording artist. And um, it's actually, I guess, ah, what's that word? It's like 10 seconds in and I already forgot a word. I was going to say, oh, Kismet. (laughs) It's Kismet that Wesley's here because we're going to talk about that restaurant, Corduroy. Because that's, I mean... I hope people who don't live in Vancouver know what it is, but I guess, I guess everybody, pretty much everybody across Canada has a restaurant that decided that they weren't going to take the government's crackdowns anymore. And they didn't want to close their restaurant because they don't, I guess, want to lose money or put their business in jeopardy, which I'm going to go and be the bad guy here and be like, I can understand why a business would want to do that, but I'm not condoning the activity. Yeah. And I, I mean, I, I welcome all sides of the conversations here. I should back this up by saying that I live in the neighborhood where Corduroy is in, in Kitsilano and don't be too specific. We I, don't know the crazy fans back in the day <laughs> used to perform there and they had a killer open mic and good flatbread and, and a really good sense of community. Um, and I just I can't believe that the same place that, um, you know, I I was part of this community of us essentially uh, would take this stance. It, it's been it's been really intense. Like they were shouting at public health officials. She's been saying all sorts of the owner that is has been saying all sorts of controversial things and posting uh, outrageous uh, posters in their window that talk about trespassing and common law. And uh, she was part of a Save Small Business BC rally, which was co-opted by anti-maskers. Um, and the guy that, uh, you know, it has been associated with, they have all sorts of weird ties to some um, anti-Semitic uh, leanings and stuff. And it's just really awkward. And it's very confuddled. And yeah, I just, it, I am shocked that... Uh, yeah she took the stance she did it's weird how you go from i don't want to lose my business and then you're like okay we're gonna be like this pro small business in bc and then like anti-mask creeps in and then all these other like douchebag close-minded anti-people like you said the anti-semitic people somehow get their claws in there and you're like wait what how did I, this I have to admit that my knowledge of it is not 100%. So I'll preface this by saying this, but I believe one of the guys that led the anti-mask rally that was in front of the hospital, um, St. Paul's there, um, he was, I think, if I remember correctly, he was one of the fellows who was filming when they were telling the public health officials to get out of the restaurant. Oh, yeah, that sucks. Yeah, yeah and... I just want to say that it, it wasn't just the owners of the restaurant. It was everybody in the, restaurant. in the restaurant. So it was like, it was weird because I feel like she was almost emboldened by these people who were like, look, we're against this. We'll support you. You don't have to close. And then maybe somebody got in her ear and was like, look, um, this is against the law. They can't really do this, but it's, yeah. it's like fully within the realms of law. And they, she said she willingly shut down finally after about a week of this, but it was also like they're going to take her business license away. And then, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it, it's really surprising more than anything else that, you know, yeah. they would post all these things 
that they wouldn't have anybody with masks working there at the time, that they, mm-hmm. they uh, had these uh, uh, coverings on their windows that said no trespassing. And, uh, you know, they were just generally oppositional to people who are, you know, it, taking public safety, in, you know, to heart. I don't know. It just seems if uh, the, the question remains more than anything, if a person is opposed to uh, public health guidelines, what else are they compromising on? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, because you're like, if you don't care about the safety of yourself and others and you're serving us food, what else is going on there? Like, is there a little mouse puppies yeah. in your restaurant? Yeah, I mean, I'm <laughs> all for uh restaurants and service workers like i have lots of friends that work in the service industry and i really feel with them for them with these new regulations like it's Mm -hmm. it's really intense and hard for a lot of them to keep up their livelihoods but there's a way of doing this that doesn't antagonize uh you know government officials effectively yeah and you know Mm -hmm. there's only so much you can do uh (laughs) you know to do it yeah. appropriately as far as i've seen with all of this and everything even in the states antagonizing government officials never gets you leniency it's never like you're like you guys are wrong you got to get out quit trespassing and they're never like oh okay we see your point of view we're just gonna head out maybe if you could clean things up a bit we'll uh you know leave you let you do your business and it's like I started this all by saying I could kind of see where she's coming from, not because I'm okay with all of that other bullshit she was talking about, like the trespass and all that stuff. But it's like, this is what, like the fifth lockdown, third lockdown. I don't even know. It's hard to keep track at this point. Yeah. But it's like, they keep telling these restaurants being like, okay, you're closed. And it's like the same day they have to lay off all their staff. Like it was the same thing that happened up at Whistler that we kind of hinted about last week, but we never ended up talking about, but it was like on Monday, Bonnie Henry, like, was this, this was two weeks ago now, right? That Bonnie Henry made the last public order to close everything. Yes, I believe so. Cause the, the order is up until the 19th, I believe. Yeah. So basically Bonnie Henry's like, I'm going to make an announcement on Monday. And then at Monday at like after, after 12 o'clock noon, she's like, all right, we're closing down in restaurants eating and then all of these restaurants were like oh wait that's us like that's all the notice they get so by three o'clock they had like whistler had laid off hundreds of like uh, restaurant staff and all these staff wrongly went to go party at a restaurant call and uh, oh yeah um god i can't remember the name of that anyways so that was like a bit that was a big to do at whistler and then whistler was like we're terminating your lease. You're getting out of here. And um, oh, Charlie Victoria's. Is that yeah. right? I just spit. All well, I know the spit. initials were CV, but yeah. Uh... So that's what happened at Charlie Victoria's. And then here, what happened was she's just like, fuck it. We're going to stay open. There's nothing you can do because it sounds like you were saying before, like that guy who was taping and who was like at the anti-mass thing. It sounds like he got in her ear and was like giving her like the sovereign citizen spiel. You know, it's like, even even if he didn't get into her ear, even mm-hmm. if he was just a patron there, you have to realize that that's not people in the community supporting her. That's people mm-hmm. with their own agenda who are co-opting the business. Mm-hmm. And, you know, down the line, is this person going to have enough support behind them to remain open? Like 
I think she's made damage to her presence in the community. I think that yeah. I, I won't, I, I, as a musician and as a, somebody who can eat at a restaurant and who chooses who they pay, like I can make the decision which stages I stand on, which restaurants mm-hmm. I eat at, and I won't go there again. Um, yeah. Like, and especially being in kits, like I don't want to generalize, but I love generalizing. <laughs> uh, kits is full of pearl clutchers. And after you've done this, your whole neighborhood's going to be like, we don't appreciate what you did. And we're going to remember because like on one hand, it's a well-off neighborhood because it's like, there's a lot of money in kits. But on the other hand, the type of people who accrue that kind of money don't have like long memories and they hold grudges. And for people who don't know the venue, it's a small space. It's all indoors. There's no outdoor seating and there's really no option for outdoor seating. Um, They don't do takeout. Um, and it's very uh, close seating in there. So you're in small wooden booths effectively or some side tables. And it's, it's not uh, like, I mean, it's great for if that crowded pub environment, if you like that, um, yeah. because it's, it's got that neighborhood vibe to it. But, you know, I, I think that ship has sailed. I think that they, they, these regulations must have been so frustrating for them to, to try to meet, but they didn't make any attempt to adapt either, you know? Yeah, and even... Like if they would have shut down like a restaurant like that, for me, at least I'm like, I'm not going in any like close space. It's like COVID, if anything, gave me like social claustrophobia where I don't see myself being like floor seating in any concerts anytime soon or like being in a crowd like think back to like the last time you were in a crowd where there was like people touching you on three sides like I can remember like going into mosh pits and stuff and just being jammed in there. And I think about that and I'm like, Whoa, like, I remember what was it back November, 2019, I yeah. saw the distillers and Alexis on fire uh, in Vancouver and it was just packed, right. Jam packed. Yeah. And we were making wisecracks about the virus and stuff in the, <laughs> in the, the new Uber on the way over. Yeah. And so it was just, we did, we had no idea what was ahead, but yeah, people were just milling in and out and you have no idea. Like, the extent of things and i'm sure they didn't at the time either i don't know like i i do want to say that corduroy was one of the first places i got to perform at corduroy has had some great food uh i i've had more than a few nightcaps there uh and i did enjoy it um but you know you don't always think of the the story behind things like how they're interacting in the kitchen or what the owner's like you know and if the owner is you know contributing to you know sovereign citizen style thinking and engaging in protests that are aligned with anti-mask movements it's it's not my cup of tea i i think it's very important that people take this stuff seriously and to my friends in the service industry i i really thank you for your hard work and keeping up with the ever changing and inconsistent regulations because it's not easy but we really appreciate the effort so yeah we had Don Falconer on a while ago. He's actually left the job, but he was a manager at a restaurant. Be awesome if I could remember which one it was. But he was saying like the one, the hardest thing is the inconsistency. Like they never yeah. know, like, should I even give people shifts this week? Are we going to be open? Should I buy food? Like another thing too that you don't think about is in order to run a restaurant, you got to think about how many nights worth of food you're going to have at any given time. Like it's not like- yeah. 
oh, the restaurant's closed, whatever, everybody go home, come back. It's like there's probably a week's worth of food in that restaurant that where's that going? Is that like that's all came at cost to the business and that's going to cut their bottom line. I'm not familiar with the menu too. So it's, if it's like a higher end place that has like steaks, that's even worse. Like they got to pay for all that yeah. food costs. I mean, I think in the case of Corduroy, it was mostly pub fare and like flatbreads and stuff. Um, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like uh, I hate picking on them, but it, I, I'll never go there again. Like uh, I know that's, I ne- know people say never say never. And there was one guy who was just like, I don't think this is financially motivated. I don't think she's doing it, but mm. you know, it, it's almost worse. There's if only it's not so much. Financial. Yeah. There's only so much you can, you can push somebody's buttons before you, you know, and, and like, because I perform there, people have yeah. associated my, my, my music, my, my performance with venues like that. I don't want that. Mm. You know, like I don't want anything to do with that. Um, and yeah, it's, I mean, it's like, I heard that guy from Gusto, which was the other restaurant that was uh, very vocal about um, that safe BC small businesses protest and um, that had people indoors against the regulations. And, you know, I heard him on, I think it was Linda Steele. Uh, and, you know, he, he was trying to suggest that there was no warning, that there was no uh, community uh, consultation and stuff. But I got to think that like the government has to listen to some sort of special interest groups from time to time. Like you don't think there's somebody from Whistler in the background, giving them like their two cents. You don't think that Bonnie Henry is being swayed a little bit by maybe what John Horgan or Adrian Dix thinks, you know, I, there's got to be some sort of back and forth that goes on, or at least special interest groups, like trying to sway people. I don't know. Maybe I'm being a little conspiratorial myself there, but maybe they need to have like a restaurant lobbying group, like the tobacco yeah. industry. One well, I know thing, the taxi cabs yeah. do that, right? So one thing too, is like, it's like, even if there is back and forth, one thing that is the most apparent is every time there's a close down like this, or like they shut the schools or they close gyms or they close restaurants that doesn't affect the politicians. And this is like, this is just me going to sound like Alex Jones. It's like, so if it doesn't affect like their personal bottom line, like their paycheck, they're not going to care about it as much. So like Joe Rogan has said on his podcast a lot that maybe they should start looking into if the um, politicians just start closing everything, maybe they should make less money. But then again, then you're getting like a financial kind of, reason for them to leave everything open but it's like it's it's almost like a little kernel of popcorn that's been in the back of my craw that's just like these politicians like horgan has made the probably the same amount of money in 2020 as he did in 2019 never never mind that fucking surprise election he had that he just pushed through i don't know oh and he's only in there on a loophole anyway to start with I'm, okay that's it i'm not going to talk about politics no no anymore. no i mean I, i'll i'll come straight <laughs> up i tend to be of the socialist mindset uh mm. so uh i would prefer horgan's demons to the bc liberals um but that's yeah. just my position um the thing that comes to mind is i remember a, a, i think a story about brian mulrooney and he was saying that when he became prime minister of canada um he was taking a pay cut and he felt the need to keep his family 
in the lifestyle they were accustomed to. And so basically, he talked about offhand speaking with lobbyists and special interest groups mm -hmm. and, you know, feeling sway, so to speak. Um, yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm remembering a story from a while back now, but like this is the mindset of, of, of people who aren't paid enough, let's say. Yeah. So when somebody's not paid enough, they're going to look for a reason to get paid more. I mean, it's the same reason why Trump didn't take any extra money, only got that one dollar or whatever he claimed, because he, he was already financially supported by other things. Like mm -hmm. he didn't need that, that amount in that regard. And so yeah. I just want to know. I just want to cut in here real smooth. Sure. Like a knife. I just want to say it's probably one of the maybe half a handful of things that Trump did that was good was the $400,000 the U.S. president gets as like an annual uh, wage or stipend or whatever you want to call it. Like they get I think they get 100000 every three months. He would always take his $100,000 check and um, donate it to a different government sector, which you could say what you want about it if it was giving him special favors in the back end, but he's the only guy who's done that as president. Yeah. And that's the last good thing I'll say about Trump. <laughs> but I mean, even if that is a good thing, it makes you think, okay, how can he afford to do that? Oh yeah, definitely. Like, and because, that's the question like, about any politician for that matter is, mm -hmm. you know, if they're playing ball, who are they playing ball with? So, yeah, that's like how, once they stop being president, they go and make like $500,000 speeches for Goldman Sachs. And you're like, oh, you yeah. just get a ghost. Like I could talk. You could pay me 500,000. I could just recite any of these 166 episodes of this podcast in front of Goldman Sachs. If you're going to pay me that kind of money. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, the name tag comes with privileges, right? Yeah. Um, but the other thing, too, which it's kind of related to the corridor thing in some ways, but more just about the B.C. COVID-19 experience in, in general is, you know, we, we look at Bonnie Henry like she's making all these decisions and she's the one who's clamping mm -hmm. down without notice. And she's a she's a public figure like she you can is say puppet. No, I'm just joking. No, but she is <laughs> she is um, a bureaucrat like she is not necessarily even making the decisions she's explaining them sure she probably has a health sciences background of course but like uh you know it's she takes her cues from the politicians and they yeah. just let her speak and take the brunt of things and people have been so mean to that woman and she doesn't deserve that because she's just following what the politicians want but at the same time, she does have swag and there's been a lot of love, maybe more at the beginning. There's love to Bonnie Henry, but yeah. I'm, I'm with you. Like she does get a lot of lash back right now because everybody's just fucking like it's been over a year. And like yeah. me personally, I'm like, I'm fucking done with COVID. Let's just fucking whatever. But like like a weird thing I was thinking about was like they should give us this is totally like randomly. No, out of the sky, no. but it's like now we're dealing with this Brazilian strain. And I was like, can we just get that OG China strain and give it to me? Because the OG China strain was very light on younger dudes and or younger people, especially. But this Brazilian strain is kind of hard on younger dudes. So if I could just go back and get the old strain. Well, the truth of the matter willingly. is you should go forward and get the vaccine because yeah, our government, the Canadian federal government has been doing yeah. a 
poor job of distributing that. So that's yeah. my two cents on that regard. But there's a that's the thing. Like the one thing that always fucks Canadians and Canadian companies is distribution because it's like yeah. a lot of the times you forget just how big fucking Canada is. Like it killed Target. The size of Canada <laughs> killed Target. Like they didn't realize how much it was going to cost to ship things around and get it stocked and all that stuff. I mean, it's not as bad with the vaccine because you could just send it to like different places. And it's like, but it's like, yeah, they have mishandled it. I don't know enough about it personally because it's just, looking into stuff like that annoys me and it's like i get enough annoying stuff that i'm still trying to get a little bit of blissful ignorance but yeah Yeah. and i don't know about you but i'm just tired like i'm just so tired of the news about it and like i i love my dad to bits but he is old school conservative and he just yammers on and on and me about the how things are 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 buggered up and i I don't blame him because everyone's frustrated right Mm -hmm. um but you know the thing that I was going to say is like attitudes are tired and shifting. And, you know, it went from a time where I used to, I used to sell these, these are the Dr. Bonnie. Oh, let's see if I can do this. Uh, Dr. Bonnie Henry candles. Right. (laughs) And uh, you know, people love them and stuff. And and that was great. But now I'm seeing like all these people posting and selling anti Bonnie Henry stuff. There was one guy who was just like F Bonnie Henry and like selling these giant decals. Right. And like he's making a profit on the antagonism, which wasn't mm-hmm. there previously and is very palpable now. Yeah. And again, I, I come back to my original point was just like Bonnie Henry is just one person talking about the science of things and dealing with politicians like putting F Bonnie Henry on your truck isn't going to solve anything. <laughs> yeah, it's not like Horgan's going to see that and be like, oh, that guy doesn't like Bonnie Henry. We should fucking yeah. open these restaurants right away. I want to get back to piling on corduroy sure. because um, I don't want everybody to just be like, oh, corduroy this great, awesome place that just kind of effed up this one time because you had someone send you a document of their health violations. Yeah. I mean, I wasn't aware of this before recently, but yeah, there's a, a big number of uh, they, they have a, a record of of health violations and apparently it's uh, open to public domain. Um, yeah. It's, so uh, right now they have eight outstanding critical infractions and three outstanding non-critical infractions. And that's not just all this like shut down indoor dining stuff. Yeah. Um, I mean, that goes yeah. to just the basics of kitchen cleanliness. I mean, I'm, I'm not some uh, freak when it comes to food safe, but yeah. I want people who prepare my food to be clean. So you might not be a freak, but this is going to gross you out because I can't. I can't resist reading you what happened. And I mean, maybe this is stuff from the past that they dealt with, but I'm not above. It's the internet. That's what we do. We pile on. We're going to milkshake duck the corduroy restaurant. That's (laughs) what we're doing. So back on May 4th, 2016, uh, after a routine inspection, corduroy had um, a critical infraction because they're, Mechanical dishwasher does not provide sufficient washing and or sanitization action to remove contamination, which is disgusting. Yes. And yeah. then, but that was also a while back. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not above going into the past and still in the yeah. past. Uh, was this a year later? Oh, no. Two years later, 30th of August, 2018, on another routine inspection. Oh, I just want to say. 
they had two annual inspections between these two that passed. So that's good. But uh, this one, they had three critical infractions. Um, the premise was not in good repair. I mean, that might just be like a broken step or something. Equipment, utensils, and our food contact surfaces are not used in a manner that ensures safe and sanitary food handling. I don't even know what that means. Personally. Yeah, that's pretty definitive that it's not clean enough for customers. What I think that might mean is they might have like an old, this is just a guess off the top of my head and I'm taking liberties to say the least. I think maybe they probably had like a piece of old wood that you can't sanitize properly. That's me giving them a gimme because it's uh, like, that's oh, you want it to be trendy. Yeah. Oh, and uh, premises had signs of rodent activity. Which is mucho grosso. Yeah. Um, and then they had some non-critical infractions. <laughs> Hand washing stations weren't properly supplied and maintained, which they fixed fixed when the inspector was there. So I guess that's disgusting still. And yep. then the temperature records are not being used to monitor critical limits. Uh, basically, what that means is when you work in a restaurant in the back, you have to look at the temperatures on all the fridges and then mark down at different times during the day. I don't know if it, it's been a while, so I don't remember. It's either once, twice or three times a shift. You just write down what the fridge is at to make sure that all the meat and anything that could be spoiled is kept at the proper temperature. And that they weren't. So basically what that means was they weren't writing it down in a log. And then. Oh, the next month on the routine follow-up, they had, um, they, they did, their premise still wasn't in good repair a month later, which I mean, I guess private contractors are hard to find. And then, uh, sorry, go ahead. No, I, I guess it's just, (laughs) yeah. Fix the step if that's what it was. And then, uh, on April 15th, 2019. So this would have been, this is their first ones during COVID. The first time this would have been kind of after the initial lockdown of COVID. And then they opened up if you follow certain stipends for restaurants. And uh, they had a couple, four critical non-compliances. One was there is inadequate lighting and or ventilation on the premises. Yeah, that's light lighting. I guess it was it's a pretty dark. small, dark place. Okay. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which could be said about other things. <laughs> no, I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, I, I used to live in Chinatown in Victoria. I'm familiar with places that are less than quality establishments. I'm not judging necessarily on the basis of that, but it, you know, it brings up questions. It's like, there's a, there's a record of violations. There's, uh, you know, all this kickback against public health officials, they're mm-hmm. marching in contentious events, you know, speaking yeah. out, they're associating like if, themselves with people who are less than yeah. reputable. If they didn't have some of these specific ones, like I still got more to go through. And like the rodent one is fucking disgusting. The not hand washing stuff is disgusting. Yeah. And if you didn't have like if they had a clean record right up until she was like f off we're not gonna do this i'd be like all right maybe i could see it but now i'm just like oh gross this place sucks (laughs) and then uh 
So I'm just going to name the other ones. So these sure. are still the critical ones from April 15, 2019. Uh, the restaurant had potentially hazardous food is not stored, displayed or transported at a temperature of four degrees Celsius or below. So that basically means their meat fridge wasn't cold enough, which can give you salmonella. Mm-hmm. Uh, the premises is not made in a sanitary condition, which is extra gross because that was back when we thought if you touch something outside, you were going to get COVID for sure. Um, premise still had signs of rodent activity. Conditions on premises may lead to harboring and breeding of pests. That's gross. Yeah. And then they still failed their temperature monitoring stuff and their food safety plan is not maintained to reflect the current menu which is vague and yeah and then that brings us to the 3rd of april this month and they had four more critical failures and oh this is weird this isn't even like an inspection it's just like um it says critical questions and then it says covid-19 safety plan developed and in use no two meter separation maintained between patrons of different parties except when partition in place no patrons remain seated well at a licensed establishment except to use the washroom or leave no oh that means people were just milling about talking to each other and touching each other like animals yeah, I mean, if, you, if you've seen the video, it's very clear that they were just going back to business as normal. Like, it was mm. very clear. Um, I mean, yeah, it's hard to run a business. I'll, I'll give anyone that. But this is not the crowd. This is not the, the population that's going to support you long term. Yeah. You know, this is not how you seek community support. These there are, are fair weather friends. Yeah, ma'am. definitely. They're, I feel <laughs> like they're using her. Um, and I mean, maybe, maybe she has drank the Kool-Aid. Maybe she hasn't, it's hard to know, but yeah. like the, the no trespassing common law court, uh, hundred thousand dollar fine stuff she's posting in the window. That's mm. just super, super weird. And I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, I sympathize with restaurants and I made that crack about Chinatown and Victoria, but like, uh, you know, there's a lot of like great businesses in, in Vancouver and Victoria in, in Kelowna, Kamloops and throughout the province. But we have these standards for a reason. And if somebody's not adhering to them, if they're not going to play ball, then that's why we have business licenses. That's why we, we have health inspectors, you know, to, to deal with this. And the fact that they're being bullied out of an establishment, that's the other thing too, is like, mm-hmm. what audacity to think that, you know, you can bully an inspector out of your business. Uh, it, yeah. And not, it's like, they're right. just doing their job. Yeah. Like don't bully these people. They're just inspectors. Like they, they don't have malicious intent. Like what's disgusting to me is the last inspection was just, if they were following COVID protocol, which they weren't on all four areas, but they didn't even get into the, like the actual health and safety of the restaurant. Like, did they deal with their pest problem that has come up numerous times or the possibility of harboring and breeding those pests? We don't know. Probably not. I'm going to guess if this is the attitude she took to just the COVID stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I, I can't really say much more about it. It's like, it's just frustrating because it's, it's in 
my community, right? Like yeah. this is this is this is a place that I've participated in. This is a place that I uh, I know I, I walk past. And you know, it was funny when I when I said straight up, I'm not going there again. Somebody yeah. accused me of virtue signaling in this regard. Ugh. And that's that's an interesting topic in some ways, because if you say, I will no longer do this, are you really putting out the bat signal or are you saying to people like, I don't stand for this? Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it could be interpreted either way, of course. But I think that it's important to talk about these things. And, yeah. you know, especially when it comes to public health safety, there's no jokes. It's like no one wants to get sick. That's I'm glad you truth. brought up virtue signaling because I'm the first person to call someone out for doing that. Like it's disgusting. I don't think this is virtue signaling on your point because I can actually see you not going there anymore. And I've never been there before in my past, but I'm going to say the pest stuff and to a lesser degree, the COVID-19 ignorance kind of got me. So I'm probably yeah. never going to go there either. Yeah. Like I don't even drink that much anymore. So I probably won't even be drunk enough to like forget about the mouse poop and then just go eat there anyway. So mm. yeah, I don't think this is an instance of virtue signaling. That's more like um, when you say it's just like being a Sunday Christian where you just like tell everybody you're virtuous because you want people to know you're virtuous and yeah, you're not that type of person. And you were basically being like, I'm not going to stand for this. This is bad. And this is gross. It's actually kind of creepy once. Cause I, for me, I was just like, Oh, this girl's just being weird and keeping a restaurant open. And until you told me all that other stuff with like the anti masks and stuff. And I'm like, ah, yeah, that's, uh, I mean, even, even if she is pro mask, which from what I hear, she is not, mm -hmm. she opened her establishment in full view, had no one in there wearing masks, including yeah. staff. And was operating as business as normal. Like, it, you know, she participated in this march. She spoke out against the regulations. Like, this yeah. is this is who this person is who's running this establishment. And you get to make a choice. Do you want in on that or not? And not me. So Yeah, exactly. Like, there you go. 100% of this episode of Outrage Factory will never eat a corduroy again. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> Imagine, oh, she's going to have to make a very awkward apology to her. I don't know how you walk back from that, man. I Ooh. don't know. It's going to be like, she's going to have to be like, look, I like for me, I would, I would just pull at the heartstrings and use, have you heard the term white lady tears? I've heard the term. Uh, yeah. I don't know. If I don't know. I, it's uh, hard, it's hard to talk about, about without coming across as racist, but it's when like old, white ladies say dumb stuff that's either racist or like this just ignorant and then when they get called out for it they just like start crying so that people feel bad for them instead of holding them to task so i think we might see some of those on her apology tour and i don't like sh uh she's probably gonna be like look i was in a financial state like that's the only way i would feel kind of bad until I yeah. learned about all this other stuff. I mean, it really, it really depends on the community as well. Like mm -hmm. you, as you say in kits, if you're that close to the beach, you know, Cornwall's pretty close to the beach. I'm ways away from the beach because I do mm -hmm. not have that income bracket by any means. Um, but <laughs> again, uh, with the specifying where you live, Wesley. <laughs> yeah. But no, no, it, this place isn't kits. It's a, it's a neighborhood thing. Like yeah. I can't deny that. Uh, it's uh you know, there, there could be people who are just going to stumble through and, and go there again. There could be people who, 
you know, are looking for a bar with their other retired friends, you know, they could go in there. But, you know, I hope that this leaves a lasting impression in people's mind. Um, yeah. Because, and I, I don't think people who would have set, uh, frequent that place right now live in the community. I think that they're people who are, you know, rallying to the cause, so to speak. And I think they'll forget her when everything's up. So Yeah. So from that, I, th- I think we've, fully dumped i think we killed that one yeah yeah we dunked on them a lot that was pretty fun it's 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 like (laughs) kind of bad because you feel bad for them but at the same time when you find a just target to kind of lean into with some of your covid anger it feels it's very cathartic to be like you fucked up and here's why you fucked up and i don't like you anymore so it's like it's almost like besides the whole point of this podcast it's almost like you don't even feel bad. Whereas other people are kind of like just not utilizing their COVID like anger rightfully and just kind of lashing back at everybody yeah. willy nilly. Whereas you, once you find a good target like this, it feels pretty good. Yeah. And I mean, granted, like it's not like something I have on my resume by any means. I have, I wouldn't go to this place. I haven't been this place for a while, but uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, uh, it's something that uh, I am glad they will be done. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. So let's switch gears. Yeah. Let's talk about Twitch. Do you yeah. use Twitch at all? No, but I have a friend. Uh, so Twitch obviously being mostly used for gaming. Yeah. Um, but there are people who stream it for other things. Like I have a friend, Rob Philo, who streams it for his singing and songwriting. Shout out. Um, yeah. And uh, he is very talented, but uh you know the thing is is that it sounds like twitch is going to be very stringent on who's on there and they're actually hiring an independent law firm for investigative purposes so yeah there's a little bit of yeah this might just be trying to get ahead of the whole hate speech and stuff that uh you not um uh, Facebook and Twitter are running into internationally. But like, mm-hmm. I was like you, like I saw like, so basically what what's happening is Twitch is coming out with these rules. And they're saying that if their patrons break these rules, even not during a Twitch stream, like just out in the world in the wild on their own, then they're kicked off the platform, which at first you're like, Holy fuck. I don't know if I'm comfortable with, uh, platform having a morality clause like are we really that far along and then I kind of looked into it and the stuff that they're going to get rid of you for I'm like oh yeah I'm okay with this yeah and that's the thing is it, yeah. is it for benevolent purposes so to speak because I mean in the wake of Trump of course you know he was kicked off of X number of platforms for his yeah. behavior but uh, that was on platform so the yeah. idea is if somebody is you know uh, absolutely offensive off platform. Mm-hmm. Are you still going to give them a chance to speak when they could incite problematic conversations? Yeah. So. so I guess I'll just tell you what the actual thing is. So they're saying that you're only getting kicked off for serious offenses. And the company is currently defining serious offenses as incidences of violent extremism, credible threats of mass violence, membership in a known hate group, sexual exploitation of children and non-consensual sexual activities. And like, yeah, if people are doing that shit, get them the fuck off. Cause I don't want to accidentally watch some fucking terrorist or sexual exploiter or anything. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, you could equivocate with the terrorist thing, maybe, but uh, no. I mean, you don't want anybody who's peddling anything that's... Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, we, we got yeah, enough the, problems with those politicians. So yeah, the the hate group thing, you're like, well, Proud Boys just got called a hate group, and it's like, should they be banned from Twitch? Sure. I mean, yeah, I think they should. I think that's fair. I, I don't think act, that, like, yeah, because they could peddle their hate group stuff on Twitch, which would kind of be. Well, actually, that's funny because I actually had a run in with a hate group in video gaming oh, yeah? a long time ago, like ten years ago, when playing cod on xbox live was just started coming out there's like the xbox 360 and i was playing video games and it's like you could you would basically what would happen is you'd get match made into different teams and then you'd fight the other team and then you could all talk to each other through a headset and i was playing like one saturday and i'm like whatever and then there's a guy and a girl who start talking to me i'm like oh cool whatever and then they're like we played a couple games they're like hey do you want to come play all the do you want to stick with us? So it's like you can group up and then the next time you're match made, you stick with them as a like a group and then you go into the next match. And so sure. we'd done this for like three or four and they're like, hey, Dale, do you want to clan up? Well, my name was Dale Bot, still is. And clan up just means like you put the initials in of whatever clan in front of your name, like your username. So it was SWP. Ah, whatever. I've been playing with you guys. This is cool. So I put SWP as my clan tag. And then that way, when people from their clan come on, who it's, it's all it's like calling it a clan is actually very troublematic, problematic, but it's yeah, like, if somebody that's a from wow the, thing too, right? So. Yeah. If somebody from the clan comes on and they haven't been playing with you, but they see that you have SWP, they'll be like, Oh, this guy's cool with someone from our clan. So we can team up or we can play or whatever. And like uh, Wesley said on wow, you can actually get benefits and stuff from being in this clan. Like you get uh, access to banks and special buffs and stuff, but not on COD like I was playing. So we're playing a couple matches and I'm like, Hey guys, what does uh, SWP stand for? Like your clan tag, whatever. And I don't know. I was like, I was, I was expecting some like dumb, <laughs> like video game thing or like meme reference, but they're like, Oh, single or Supreme white power. And I was like, all right, I'm not in your clan anymore. Bye. <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> just cut out. I was like, "Oh, what?" And well, I was you like, made the right choice. That's for sure. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, sorry guys, I can't be in your clan because that is disgusting." And bye. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! And it was so funny because I was like, "All oh, these people seem pretty cool. Like we're playing whatever." And then I heard that, and I was like, "These fucking disgusting monsters!" But yeah, it's like, it's it's pervasive and. Like it's, it's almost like grooming, like, Oh yeah. 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 And there's a they, lot of that yeah. grooming that happens, I'm sure. Um, mm -hmm. But it is kind of ironic in some ways that a game where you're going around killing other people has standards for the way you talk to people. Like you can't tell somebody you're going to kill them, but you can kill them in the game. Like, Oh yeah. It's, that's now this was back in the wild west days where they like yeah didn't monitor the chat at all yeah and i think that oh man those chat <laughs> moderators have such a tough job like <laughs> I, I they're so important and i don't think like i i just oh, it's always so like I, I am very glad i don't game anymore because hearing about all everybody's gamergate stories and all that oh it's my just, god oh it's yeah it's another world it's like just just yeah. don't hate people just be nice just mm -hmm. 
Like I still yeah. game, but I mostly just do it by myself because I'll watch TV or movies at the same time. And then um, so it's like it's almost detrimental because I'll be like half paying attention to the video games. So I'll suck at them. So if I'm in a group of people, they're like, what are you doing? Why aren't you paying attention? And I'm like, I was watching TV and they're like, well, fucking get your head in the game. I'm like, eh, this is a <laughs> level of dedication. You're asking really too much commitment. To yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I kind of ended up with a group of friends that I play with every once in a while now, but it's been the same guys for like four years, but so, and they're not white supremacists. So that's nice. Yeah. Very nice. <laughs> because that would be very I can't even imagine like a conversation with those people. It'd just be like terrible. It'd be like, what do you want to talk about? Did you see this uh, new movie? They'd be like, is it all white people? And you'd be like, now. And they're like, well, did I do to watch it? And you're like, <laughs> cuts everything right down. Yeah. I just watched uh, the movie uh, Trial of the Chicago 7. And it just, it just blows my mind just how uh, imperceptive of racism especially in the united states people have been throughout history yeah uh, and just like it's interesting how we're coming forward with things now but i we've still got such a long way to go and i i really hope that you know i, I mean you don't want fascism on the internet but at the same time too moderators like this on twitch hopefully will allow for a, a better community in the long run so. Yeah. And another thing too, is like, how are they going to catch people? Because this includes like doing stuff like, I guess if someone's in the news and you see that they've done all this horrible shit and then you're like, Oh, they also have a Twitch account. Let's just yeah. get rid of that. But it's like, it's on one hand, it's almost like virtue signaling. Like we talked about before, because it's Twitch being like, we're not going to accept any of this stuff. So just get that out of here. But on the other hand, you're like, well, how, are you going to know that someone's doing this other stuff unless it's very public and in courts? Well, that's the investigative co component I was talking about oh, at the beginning. Yeah. It's like, so they're hiring this law firm to help them investigate, but like, so what are they doing? So they have your information at least. So they have mm -hmm. your name, they have your location, presumably, um, you know, they have you. your topic and they'll, they'll, they'll search you out. So they'll look for your places of business and mm -hmm. things like that. It's hard to know. It's hard to know where that, that line is, but corporations are all about protecting themselves, right? So yeah. it's uh, they'll just do what the bare minimum they need to to <laughs> yeah. prevent their own liability. They'll buy some of that data from Facebook, apparently, and then look at that. Probably, yeah. Let me ask you a question, because we, we keep hearing about, like, it's basically, for lack of a better term, the last four years of everyone's life have been data gate where it's like somebody stole all this data and they stole it. And you're like, Oh, that's terrible. And, but at the one time, are you like, I'm just mad that I didn't get to sell my own data and make <laughs> money from it. And on the other hand, you're like, cause like last week, Dom was talking about how his Google, um, like when he Googles something and a suggestion comes up, sometimes it's nice. It's like, if that is that the only thing they're selling us Google, like, like, our data being stolen and then us just getting ads like wouldn't be the best way to fight that be not buy stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I just don't think people in general are that interesting. Like, yes, they collect aggregate data for sure, but like, it's not like somebody's trying to spy on you per se. I mean, people are mm -hmm. willingly op opting into like 
computers recording their voices so they can search things on Alexis and all that. Right. So yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, like, yes, it's concerning. Yes, it is uh, invasive, but there are, oh, I don't know. It, it depends what they do with it. Right. I guess that's the, the thing. So yeah. if they're trying to create false identities, that's a different thing. I don't know. Did you hear yeah. about Amazon um, creating false uh, profiles on Twitter? to uh try to counteract the news that people were peeing into bottles oh really i think i heard something about that like and it's weird because it's like it's almost like they're like people aren't peeing in bottles i don't know what you're talking about yeah exactly so they tried to like (laughs) counteract the information by saying how awesome amazon was that they'd never do this sort of thing but they created a whole bunch of fake personas and everything and they were basically using aggregate information to create Mm -hmm plausible characters oh Um, that would be so funny they'd be like hello fellow twitter users i also do not pee in bottles and you're like yeah exactly (laughs) it would just be like so awkward (laughs) i mean ai is so complicated now they can actually generate facial uh reconstructions that uh that look just like normal photos of people and so uh they were making all or acquiring all these fake photos of people and using them as if this is a real person defending Amazon. And, uh, you know, I mean, it's, it's that type of thing that really scares me about the Internet, as opposed to somebody necessarily saying, oh, look, he looked at the same guitar photo four times, you know, <laughs> because let's face it, I look at a lot of guitar photos. But yeah. uh, does that mean that, you know, a company like Fender or Gibson or Eastwood is saying, oh, he clicked on our link, we'll send him more advertisements or we'll send his demographic more advertisements. You know, I, I don't know. I think that's inevitable in some ways. I think maybe it's upsetting, but it is what it is. Hey, I'm just trying to, where do you go to see your Google history? Uh, <laughs> you're, are you looking up your computer history right now? Well, I want to look up my, yeah, my Google search history. Would that just be in browser history? Yeah. Oh, there I found it. History. Um, yeah, it's just stuff for the podcast. Uh, you probably want to use incognito mode, Dale. <laughs> I don't have to. Like, here's the list <laughs> of stuff, stuff I search. Bonnie Henry, public health order. Uh, my own TikTok account. My own Facebook account. Uh, Nexium, because we we're talking about it last week. Um, Christ de- descent into hell. Uh, that was me trying to settle an argument that me and Derek had on the podcast last week where I said Christ died and went to hell because that's in the it's not the Lord's Prayer. It's the Apostles Creed. So I Googled that and I Googled DMX and Cortez, the Spanish uh, sailor from what the 1400s because he ruined a whole bunch of Olmec and Mayan history and that's just <laughs> nothing to do with this podcast so it's like that's the data you're stealing is yeah I mean just for me my it's podcast. like <laughs> this brand of guitar or the new Omega Man character in Invincible you know it's like the the nerdiest unuseful stuff ever so I mean, I guess if the government, I mean, for instance, uh, I could see it being helpful in some ways, but also scary in others. Mm. So I was watching the trial of the Chicago seven. It features Abby Hoffman. Abby Hoffman wrote a book called steal this book, which in it, it basically has parody levels to the anarchist cookbook. 
and that could be considered problematic, violent, dangerous material. Um, And let's say somebody was looking for that because they wanted to acquire something that they could use for nefarious means. Mm. Um, You know, this is something that the government might want to know, you know, or somebody who's inciting hate speech. So they're looking up all sorts of hate speech, right? Yeah. So it's, uh, I mean, there's only so much big brother you want in the world, but at the (laughs) same time too, there's, I think what happens too is corporations are like, oh, we're Google. We have a responsibility to make sure we don't train terrorists. So Mm -hmm. they maybe give you ad preferences that will lead you to puppies as opposed to, you know, negative things. One thing I heard that like this was back when the NSA got like caught by WikiLeaks just basically sucking up all the data anybody sends or whatever was they would use it to retroactively convict people of crime. So what that means is you and me were like, fuck, we don't do anything wrong, whatever. So we shouldn't have to worry about it. But then like, say we get caught up in the moment, like this woman from Corduroy, and then we do something stupid. And then the NSA goes back through all of our emails. Like once we're on the radar, then they, cause they'll just like stockpile all this info. Yeah. Wait till you're on the radar and then use it again. And then they go back through it and they're like, and they'll find like, five years ago you sent an email to like a friend of yours and you're joking about something and you're like, Hey, what were you joking about? And then they like kind of just find every sort of not really incriminating, but maybe almost incriminating evidence. And then when you clump that all back all together, which oh, yeah. is kind of funny. Cause we talked that we joked about milkshake ducking the corduroy restaurant. Basically that's what NSA was trying to do was milkshake duck you for your criminal core case. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's so hard to know what what the intention is there and what the, what the results are going to be in a lot of ways. It's I think it's still too early. But I definitely think that net neutrality and freedom of information is super important. So I think that the the big bigger corporations are definitely trying to control things for their profit margins and for insurance purposes, but uh it's, I don't know, it's, it's hard to take a side. Yeah, exactly. Um, sorry, I just lost my train of thought. No, it's fine. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's like, yeah, I was, I was, oh, I was going to say like, um, it's like we talk about how bad like NSA is for taking all their data. And it's like, we're just ruthless with each other on Facebook and Twitter. Like we milkshake duck each other all the time, which a lot of the times maybe we deserve it. Like I was joking about with you before. It's like, it's funny because you could look back at like, we were talking about old tweets and we're like joking about how we should go back through our feed of like 11 years and maybe delete everything that's bad. And you're like, well, I feel like since I'm not genuinely a bad person, I haven't said anything too bad in there. Like there would be maybe some jokes that were distasteful at the time. Oh, yeah. Like, but you could probably go back. Like, I mean, I'm not telling everybody to go back there and find the worst things I've ever said, but I don't feel like I'm going to have like crystalia level shit in there because no, I'm not a crystalia level person. No. And I don't think you are either, which I no, mean, if from, you are, I you're not coming back <laughs> on the podcast. I'll tell you that. I am not a cre- <laughs> crystalia level person. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> um, 
what was I going to say? Oh yeah. Do you, we're at an hour now. Do you want to talk cool. about, do another subject or do you want to, we can talk about, about whatever you want for as long as you want. Okay. Cool oh, let's talk this. about invincible. Cause I yeah. just watched that and you brought it up. Cause you said yeah. the new Omega man thing, which is that a spoiler? Cause I, don't I actually know got you're... it wrong. I, if I said Omega man, I meant I mean... Omni man because that's ah, the character's name. Yeah. Um, it's, it's tough because with like, if you don't know what we're talking about, it's a superhero cartoon on Amazon Prime, and it's kind of like a separate universe where there's no actual heroes that you already know. It's like not DC or Marvel or anything, but the yeah. characters are kind of like they're the old tropes. Like there's a fast running guy. There's a guy from outer space. There's a Superman level character. And then there's like a guy who throws bombs and there's like some good stuff. But a good thing about well, the show is that has a little bit of drama in there like yeah it's written by robert kirkman who did the original walking dead comic um mm. and so he knows he he's a very good writer um yeah. and at least in my opinion and uh it's it's very well drawn in the classic almost not quite but almost justice league batman style yeah um, it's very clean yeah very clean um and i, I like the animation in it uh but it, it kind of turns the idea of the classic Justice League superhero on its head. And without saying too much of the show, it follows basically the son of their Superman, Omni-Man. So the character's name is Invincible and his journey with his superpowers. Uh, yeah. But it, right out of the gate, it just subverts your expectations and it's just so entertaining. Uh, but it's violent and not... Uh, PG by any means. Yeah, I'd say it's almost like a cartoon version of the boys, but more superhero esque. Like it's it's like the boys with like that amount of gore and swearing yeah. and real lifeness to these heroes, but it's still like got the sheen of JLA, like a superhero group and the government's involvement and stuff. It's really good. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there's only four episodes out, or did five come out so far? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I haven't seen the fifth yet. But yeah. uh, there's so much coming to streaming these days. It's hard to keep up with. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, it makes you wonder too, like, what is what what streaming services are good to invest in long term? Because right now it's mm -hmm. the wild west. It's like cable. There's so many services. Yeah, and there's so many like there's so many problems with Netflix right now. All their um, kind of shady things they've been doing and then on the same time you got amazon with bezos and you're just yeah. like where do i want to invest and then you have uh, you know apple trying to do some cool things but they really don't have the roots uh in mm -hmm. the streaming world to to make it yeah. oh people have been talking about that ted lasso or uh, laszlo lasso. yeah i feel like i have to watch that just because yeah. everybody's talked about it. like it's getting office level people are talking about it but uh yeah. But I have a hard time with the streaming because it's not like you say, okay, I want to watch The Mandalorian, so I'm going to sign up and then get rid of it. No, you mm -hmm. sign up and then you're paying X number of dollars for every month of your life. Do you, and... know what, do you want to know a secret? What you got to do, Wes? What, what? you got to do is you got to get like either a sibling or a friend and you get like three or four of you and you all sign up to one and then you don't share your log information with each other so that you have access to all four because they don't want you to do that. So don't don't do that. Sign into one, <laughs> your friends sign into a different one and your other friends sign into a different one and then share the information. 
because that's <laughs> bad. <laughs> I I gotta yeah. defend Netflix. Like as bad as they are, their user interface is still the best and the simplest and the easiest. And it's like there's there's like this is this is old Dan Dale talking. There's been times where I'm like, oh, I should watch something, and I'll just be like, ah, there's nothing I want to watch on Netflix, so I'll just find something on Netflix just because I don't want to deal with Disney Plus's user interface or Crave. Crave is like the worst if you like, unless it kicks itself into the next episode. Like I watch Bosch. So it'll be like, you'll watch one episode and then it'll kick into the next episode automatically. But if it doesn't and you hit back, it just like goes, it open it like goes back and then it starts playing like, an episode from three before, like halfway through the episode. And you're like, what the fuck's going on? And then you like, gotta, but Netflix is just like, Oh, another old man thing I've started to do is like, <laughs> so I'm watching all this stuff on streaming and I keep like losing track of what I'm watching. So now in my phone, I, I opened up like a notes page and it's like stuff I'm watching and which episode <laughs> I make it to because Netflix is usually pretty good, but I've noticed some of the streaming sites, if you like watch half of a show and then you forget about it for six months and you go yeah. back, it doesn't remember where you were in the show. Well, that's part of the reason I never got around to like Ozark season three, because I was oh, just yeah. like, it just fell off the radar of the, what you're watching. And I was like, Oh, okay. Yeah. So I just remembered Ozark, it the other day. You Ozark. You're like, is this familiar because it's the same tone or did I watch this episode? Yeah. I mean, exactly. I remember the blue shade, but I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember anything from that show. Like I, I watched the first season and then I, it was a while. And then I watched the second season and I'm like, I have no idea what's going on. And so the third <laughs> season came out and I was like, i probably should just start again. Yeah. But it's uh, yeah. I don't know. It's I'm pretty like lighthearted. You, but I, I've, brain farted halfway through season two because it's like <laughs> one of the things about like ozark especially is like you watch one or two episodes of that and you're like I, I need a palate cleanser this is dark and I yeah. gotta, and then you go watch something else and you just get totally sidetracked and then yeah <laughs> i'm still annoyed that like canadian content is just so much more limited than american content like i hear i hear the people talk oh get a vpn and all that but you know just it sounds so it's so like, aggravating. <laughs> yeah, like well, VPNs remember... are entirely legal. They're just not legal to use within that context. It's yeah, uh, you know it. I mean, it was very useful when I wanted to travel abroad, and it's mm -hmm. very useful if you want to appear in a different region. It's very useful if you don't want what we talked about in terms of storing aggregate data. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, you're masking your location, right? That's that's the big thing. Yeah, one weird thing about Canada is it has all these weird distribution laws, like I was talking about at the beginning of the show with like how it killed Target. But it also has like digital and media stuff where it's like it has to you like have to do all this other stuff to get in Canada and stuff. And that's why you have to use a VPN to watch a lot of the stuff in the States. It'd be um, interesting to see how... Uh, streaming services are required to respect Canadian content rules. Yeah. So I know. like I know for television, you have to have X number of Canadian programs and same thing with radio. Yeah. But, like CanCon. Yeah. But what about like, I don't think I've seen a Canadian Netflix show. Yeah. You have say. Uh, have shit. 
I know there's some there's some that you don't think are Canadian, but they are Canadian. Interesting. Like, like, like I know what you're saying. Like with the recording, they have Maple, which is music, artist, producer, lyrics. Is that right? That sounds about right. Yeah. So it's like to be actual CanCon, what do you need? Three of the four or two of the four? Yeah. I mean, I don't know the rules, uh, yeah. to be honest, but I know that um, I think there are, I can't remember the percentage. I think it's something like 40 or 60% needs to be Canadian content or something yeah. like that. So it would be uh, interesting to see if, to be like if like Netflix has to have a certain amount of Canadian television shows, but it's weird because everything's filmed in Vancouver. It's funny because yeah. I always, I always, or it has with, a Quebec flag endorsement at the end. Yeah. You know, like I this. always, yeah, joke Sorry, with my brother that, um, it, it just take you out of the show. Like you're watching the show, you're like, oh, yeah. And then they go buy something you recognize in Vancouver. You're like, well, now I don't believe they are where they are. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What was it? I was, uh, I was talking with somebody about uh, the Batwoman show and they passed by Owl Drugs in downtown Eastside Vancouver. And yeah. I, I don't think I've ever seen that neighborhood look that like street swept in my life. It was, <laughs> it, 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 it's like they chose the location to look like Gotham city, mm-hmm. but then decided it was too gritty for Gotham city. <laughs> What does that say about the east side that they had to clean it up yeah. so it would be like the slums from? A and I, I mean, I don't know if it was a safety thing, like they couldn't have Bruce Wayne stub his toe, you know, on yeah. downtown east side. But it's, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's you know, the mayor should get, should use this to his advantage. Be like, you could film in Vancouver if you film in Va- in downtown east side once a month and you clean up all the needles and garbage bags i know it wasn't on your list of things to talk about but they're talking about relocating all the encampments that are in strathcona park right now Mm -hmm. um didn't some dude just get stabbed in the neck yeah and so like the way especially in bc they've been shuffling around the street community has been you know, very contentious because I mean, there's a lot of communities that are up in arms about tents and stuff like that. And Victoria is no different with uh, campers in Beacon Hill Park, but I don't know, man. Like, yeah, it, and the, Vancouver already had a problem with like movie industry coming and shuffling out homeless people here and yeah. there. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out going forward with people being shuffled about. Yeah, so. especially with COVID, because as places are closing down and people are losing their jobs and not being able to pay rent and stuff. The homeless population is only going to grow. It's almost like this, like, like a powder keg waiting to blow up that nobody's really talking about. Like they talk about the park and like, cause what was the first park that it was in like a couple of years ago that they completely Oppenheimer? cleaned out? Yeah. Yeah. And then, so there's just a fence around Oppenheimer park right now. Yeah. So you can't even go in there anyway, but it's like, they will yeah. be like, They'll take over all of Oppenheimer Park. Then the provincial government or the BC or like Vancouver government will be like, ah, we can't have this. Let's get them out of there. And then they'll just kick them all out and then they'll go to another park. Like what was the park they're in now that we were just talking about? Strathcona? Yeah. So they'll go to Strathcona Park. to uh, Clark and stuff, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. And then some guy gets stabbed in the neck and they're like, well, we can't have these guys killing each other. So they move them to a different park. But it's like... It's yeah. all like, uh. 
and I mean the the shuffle around for the movie industry they do that a lot already but Mm -hmm. there's a lot of issues regarding gentrification and Vancouver is notorious for gentrification of course but now they're buying up all these hotels of course to house uh, members of the street community Mm -hmm. and so it's how's that going to affect the community as well so and and are those hotels long-term term solutions or short-term you know so yeah didn't I see somewhere that they just bought, like, was it the Waldorf or the Patricia for four times the asking price, which is good. Like, yeah, just give whoever put that money into the community and like make it nice. So everybody can like have a place to sleep and stuff. But it's like, yeah, it's like, we're going to come to a point where we got to address this situation. Like Toronto, like, because right now with COVID there's still, not letting eviction notices be served and stuff like they keep pushing that they keep kicking that can down the road but eventually they're going to be like all right you can evict everybody and there's going to be like an influx of all these like yeah not necessarily like you don't want to say homeless because you don't want to just displaced at the very least yeah you don't want to put everybody in one group because there's like people who don't have a place to sleep but they still have jobs so they're in their cars or they don't you have people who are like mentally unsound so they can't build like a life for themselves and then you have like any range of people who would be considered homeless and it's like it's only going to grow and then like what are you going to do yeah i mean i I, you know i I moved to vancouver it was it eight years ago um i love vancouver but and I've traveled the country, I've traveled in the United States, and I've traveled abroad too. But what I can say is that, especially in Canada, problems with drugs and the homeless population have only increased. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I've worked with the street community quite a fair amount, but I, maybe I have a, a more of a exposure than some people. But it doesn't seem like what we're doing right now is enough to address the issues, especially when it comes to, you know, drugs and, and, and people living on the streets. It's, it's, it's still an issue. It's been an issue for decades. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think anybody's done enough to really make a difference. And it doesn't sound like the current drug policy in particular is, is, is having an impact. So I think they need to really, they need to try something more drastic in my opinion, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't have a solution per se. Maybe like because one of the influx initial influxes of the homeless people was like, was it the 80s when they closed like long term mental facilities and they just stopped? They just like put all these people on the street. And that was kind of like the beginning of like homelessness as we see it in the modern day. So maybe they should do something like open up a new long term mental health facility where people who aren't mentally capable of like having a thing for themselves yeah. but then it's like where's the money come from and it's yeah like this whole well thing. i mean the government seems to invent money out of nowhere but uh <laughs> at the same time i think you know a a emergency mental health uh response uh program would be very helpful i mean obviously that's something that you know we don't need cops to do wellness checks per se as, mm. as much as i appreciate police uh presence on occasion uh, they don't need to do wellness checks if it could be addressed by a mental health professional. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when it comes to addiction, just having access to the resources to fight addiction and, you know, there, we criminalize, uh, you know, I mean, I'm not standing on a soapbox here. This isn't my fight, but I think that, uh, you know, we, we criminalize drug behavior so much already and we don't need to. 
we need to encourage recovery as opposed to, um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, to as opposed to uh, incarcerating people. Um, but I, I don't know. It's 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 a tough issue, and I'm just sad in a lot of ways because you already have like a hard time in Vancouver in particular and in major cities around North America with uh, drugs and alcohol and with, uh, with homelessness. And, you know, these issues are only being exacerbated by lockdown scenarios and, um, you know, um, uh, lack of access to, to healthcare and stuff. And so I don't, I, it just seems troublesome. And I really hope that, after when things normalize, when think when COVID is no more, so to speak, which may be a naive statement, with when the <laughs> greater vaccines not. come, yeah. you know, it's when 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 things turn to a shade more normal that we'll still remember these issues because I don't want to be talking about this in 20 years. I it would be sad if we had the same conversation in 20 years. That's yeah, exactly. And I know it's kind of a bummer, but like, it's, it's still an issue, you know, more overdoses than ever. It seems this last uh, year. Right. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Especially with like, like now you see all this advertising, like toxic drugs are circulating, like more than ever, they need like to have some sort of, what was it? Switzerland who had like the whole, like the sort of like hotel approach where it's like, if you wanted heroin, you went to a government facility and you could get the heroin, but you just had to do it there. So they would give you like a bed to sleep in and you did heroin. And there's like no questions asked. And they found that eventually people just stopped using it. But yeah, it's, it's really like, hard to endorse that though, because yeah. like I have this, you know, the, the, like the, I have, I have the socialist on one shoulder and the conservative on the other saying, um, you know, like, why should we pay for people's addictions? But at the same time too, you're not paying for the addiction. You're paying for the recovery. You're paying yeah, exactly. to give people a chance. Mm-hmm. And people are only going to change if you, they want to change, but they have to have reason to change. They have to have the ability to change. And that's just, it's frustrating. And especially, you know, it's already frustrating with people being sheltered in place and stuff. But yeah, um, it's, you want to be supportive, especially in times like this, so. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, yeah. Like you, what you said was good. Like people only change if they want to, but so it should be like the easier you make it to change, the more likely they're going to want to change. So it's yeah, like, you want to encourage that. Yeah. Like I'm like you, like, I'm like, ah, I'm like socialist to an extent, but at the same time, I'm like, if we just give people drugs, will more people use drugs? Like if people were like, well, work suck today, I'm going to go get a free heroin dose and see what happens. But there's no way to tell. But I don't not, think people are like that. You know, that's yeah. the thing is, especially with heroin. It's like if you're doing heroin, <laughs> probably down a darker road. Yeah, so. probably a bad example. But it's like whatever they're doing now doesn't work. So, well, and you remember how people were so eruptive when fentanyl was killing everyone or mm-hmm. even before that, when, you know, meth really hit the scene. And yeah. it's like people can spout outrage and then the government reacts with, you know, batons and they think that everything's going to be solved but it's not necessarily the case it's i don't know i'm being a little extreme i suppose but uh you know it's it's the outrage of course so (laughs) yeah i just yeah yeah. 
I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of being locked down. I'm tired of people <laughs> dying. I'm tired of this. I just want people to get along and be happy. Yeah. I'll sing yeah, Kumbaya like, if nobody else dies. Let's say that. Yeah. It's just but, like today was nice. Though. It was nice and sunny. So it was good to get yeah. out. And it's like, oh, it's yeah. Like, we went to the beach and stuff. So, yeah. Especially with COVID, it's like, I'm pretty sick of COVID too, but it's like, you gotta kind of just go outside and try to not think about COVID for a while yeah. to like get through. I mean, don't go like breathe it. Don't go play suck blow in the park or anything, <laughs> <laughs> but just like try to get outside and have happy thoughts. I mean, we weren't really helping this whole podcast, but Hey, watch invincible. It's kind of happy. And yeah. Tell the people, but I mean, uh, the thing is, it's like, as long as we're responsible, as long as yeah. we call people out for being irresponsible. And as long as we're respectful about it, you know, we might get a shot. Although that's not really the point of outrage factory. Is it? <laughs> no. Yeah. It and is. That's the, we started this by trying to point out how people were bad. Like, it's not like, it's funny because everybody who comes on, they're like, I'm not really that outraged, but you're like, well, it's, we're talking about other people who are outraged because we're level-headed. <laughs> it's like, it's like sometimes it's good to kind of take a step back and look at like what people are mad about from like a third person perspective almost. And like, I mean, basically everybody who's in a relationship and has fights has to learn that tactic to be like, why am I so defensive right now? And you like take a step back. So it's like, Maybe everybody should take a step back and be like, am I upset about COVID or does this person really need to be sworn at with the full volume of my voice? Yeah. And that's, that's something too, at least at the very least, we should be reflective of what we want for the future because, mm -hmm. you know, coming forward, what do we want? We want restaurants that are in good shape. We want people to be taken care of and probably be able, better able to fight addiction. You know, that, that'd be nice. <laughs> that'd be nice <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i guess that's 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 good enough for talking about stuff so you were let's talk about you wesley me yeah, yeah. uh you were tweeting a couple months ago about you were recording is that still yeah going on? uh i am yeah. still recording uh i it's been slow uh the mm. studio i'm working at for instance has had to you know take precautions as well yeah uh, but also at an artistic level i just i've kind of run into a uh a brick wall that i need to climb over so it's it's coming along yeah. um for me i've always enjoyed performing and touring uh i'm a singer songwriter uh the stage name is zulu panda if anybody's interested um but uh yeah i, I released an album and then basically you know i went from doing 90 shows a year to five shows last year and so a bit of a shift and so now I'm focusing on things like recording and writing and I have ideas. Like I have an idea for an eighties action musical and uh, I have oh. some other oh. things in the works, but uh, I'm interested yeah. in that eighties action yeah. musical, like uh, Kung Fury. Did you see that? Uh, no, I didn't see Kung Fury. That was less of a musical, but it was like very eighties themed and it was like way over the top. Oh, if you haven't seen Kung Fury. I'll have to check it out. I don't know. Yeah, I'm thinking like a, a rom-com, like Arnie meets Kinky Boots type of thing. What's Kinky Boots? Oh, it's a musical. Oh, yeah. oh okay. I'm uh, My musical knowledge is worse than my political knowledge. <laughs> I have to admit I'm not uh, into musicals per se, but there mm. are some really good ones out there, particularly newer ones. 
Uh, I just watched Hamilton, for instance. Hamilton's great. Uh, and Kinky Boots, uh, Cindy Lauper wrote some of it. So it's oh, pretty, really? Is that pretty amazing as well. Uh, newer. Yeah. Oh, okay. Maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, it's fun. Make sure Andrea doesn't hear that because she'll make me actually watch it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like you. I'm like, I'm not the biggest fan of musicals. Like, of course, there are some like the Rocky Horror Picture Show, which like they kind of go above and beyond being a musical. But then it's like you watch a bad one. Like, I don't even want to name one because people are so emotionally invested in musicals that if yeah started. you they, they they have their own fan base like some people yeah. love broadway and musicals and uh you know I, I i i have my soft spots for sure and i've seen a, a fair amount but uh you know i definitely appreciate the more modern tones of uh mm-hmm. like hamilton or kinky boots for sure so yeah i just hope that your musical uh 80s comedy is better than or do you didn't say comedy but action rom-com is the word i threw at you i hope it's better than tommy was because everybody loved tommy and i watched it and it was boring (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry old people tommy is yeah i mean tommy was part of its time that's Mm -hmm. what i would say it's like you have to love the who and you have to just appreciate that kind of psychedelia of tommy Mm -hmm. because it really doesn't make sense but yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you can find your music on Spotify and yeah. all the other streaming services, I guess, like Apple play and pretty stuff. much. Yeah. I think and the then... last, um, so yeah. Uh, if I'm doing a shout out here, um, you can find my music on Spotify, Amazon, Apple, uh, Bandcamp. The last, uh, Bandcamp Friday is coming up. So zulupanda.bandcamp.com. If you want to buy an album, a t-shirt, uh, a CD, if you want to use a coaster, that, that's what mm-hmm. CDs are used for these days, right? So, <laughs> but uh, hey, my brother still he won't get a streaming service, like, and he just uses just CDs. So, he's your target audience. Oh, there you go. Also, your candles. Where can someone go to buy some of those? Yeah, just shoot me a message. Oh, uh, I'm wow. on uh, I'm on Twitter at Zulu underscore Panda. Uh, oh yeah you got the yeah the after wesley one. was on the first time i got him to make me this custom tiger i can't remember what that says it says flagitum fabrica which is outrage device it worked out <laughs> super good yeah it's pretty rad um yeah i i am i i like to create things and so with the candles i made one originally for a friend and i really loved it and it turned out and i've been making i've made over over 200 original designs now and yeah there's some really fun ones like uh, i've got a uh one of uh uh, dolly parton here which is nice harder to see there but uh (laughs) yeah it's uh they're really fun and um you know they're 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 harmless as much as anything is so it's uh it's a it's a good artistic hobby that people seem to enjoy so yeah, just message me and I can make one custom. Yeah, that on Twitter, that's Zulu Panda as well. Underscore Panda, yeah. Oh, okay, and then. But I also have a, a profile on Facebook, Wes's Modern Saints. So, oh, yeah, you could go there. So yeah, yeah if you want to get a bitch and ass prayer candle, just message bitchin'. Wesley. It's really good. Like the process was good because, like, he was asking me what I wanted, and it it came out exactly what I wanted, so it was perfect. Awesome. Um, 
Derek got one of him with him and his wife, which is not as cool as a tiger, but <laughs> pretty good, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Anything else you want to throw out there? No, man. Thanks for having me on. Uh, I hey, really no appreciate it. It's, it's always Pleasure. fun to chat. Uh, oh yeah. Uh, me and Wes also, I think like a month ago, we were part of a round table called outrage factory nerdage where we talk nerdage. about what the dceu should do in the future with their movies it's pretty good that's on there it was me wesley Derek, and my older brother neil um that's just in the regular feed it's on the youtube page uh we're talking about doing another one yeah but uh, we have to figure out topics yeah it's I hard to get they... everybody together like the first one marty missed and we wanted to get him in but yeah, yeah. well um, look for those one will come out soon yeah definitely and then uh, on Twitter, you can find us at Outrage Fact Pod, um, Facebook Outrage Fact Pod, Gmail Outrage Fact Pod. I don't know if our Patreon is set up. It kind of went down because we neglected it for a while, but I'll try to figure that out. Uh, like and subscribe to us on all the platforms that you listen to us, either. And you could go to outragefactory.com to go straight to the source instead of relying on a third party to get it downloaded uh yeah and that's it until next time <laughs> i just about said <laughs> keep fit and have fun <laughs> stay angry